Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. On the show this week, we bring you a remarkable story of the victory of the Anganbadi workers in India, who, after weeks of struggle, won their dispute with the government. Anganbadi is a government-sponsored childcare and mothercare program which relies solely on the work of these workers, most of whom are women. The urban poor in Delhi rely heavily on these services from prenatal care to accessing information about immunisation. Apart from looking after malnutrition children as well as poor and expecting mothers, the Angambadi workers make birth and death registrations and recently they've also been assigned to election duties for which they receive no additional payment. These workers are paid a mere 5,000 rupees, which is about 100 Australian dollars per month, for supposedly being volunteer workers. After some two weeks of hunger strike and much police brutality, these workers won all of their demands when their struggle ended in victory on Thursday the 30th of July. To tell that story, one of the organisers of the dispute, Shivani Kool from Bigul Mazdur Dasta, joins me on Accent of Women. So, the, um, of course I'm going to pronounce it incorrectly, but the uh, Angambadi workers, they've been on a hunger strike for about 16 days and today of course we've received the wonderful news of their victory. So congratulations. Yes. But tell us, what was the struggle about? Uh, Anganwadi workers uh, in India basically are those workers who've been uh, put on uh, payrolls of central as well as state government uh, uh, as part of a program which is uh, integrated child development uh, services, ICDS. So this program was started by the government of India in 1975 uh, to uh, supposedly to fight and combat poverty, malnutrition, and the care and nourishment that the children, uh, uh, the infants, as well as mothers who who give birth, they lack. So the government put across this scheme so that women from the local communities, the communities who uh, face these problems, the women from uh, precisely those communities are made part of this program and then they uh, they get a sort of honorarium, uh, not salaries, but they get honorarium for the services they render to the government and to the community. So the so actually the program uh, includes care for children between zero to six years of age and antenatal as well as postnatal care to mothers, nursing mothers. This is what the program was all about. But Anganwadi workers as well as helpers are also asked to conduct surveys, census, collect census data. And when there are elections, they're also given electoral duties. So the functions are numerous. They are not clearly defined. And also they are not regular workers. They are not considered workers. The the um, the ministry which runs this program is Women and Child Development Ministry. So the ministry calls these workers 
they're called workers but they are not workers in the legal sense they are uh, they are basically volunteers who who render social service and service to the community and they get uh, honorarium in lieu of that so this struggle was basically about first the uh, immediate demands were that you know uh, they were not getting their honorarium for about like 9 months 8 months so the first demand was that give back our, our honorarium secondly also there was this demand for increment of an honorarium uh, they are not issued identity card so this movement was also uh, uh, based on the fact that you know they should get their identity cards there was this scheme which was run by the government in which they were asked to uh, work for more hours than what is prescribed in the law uh, so and they were not given any remuneration for that uh, working period so they were uh, asking for whatever they have worked for in the previous years uh, to get uh, paid for those uh, that period also and also one of the major demands was that because we are being part of a movement we should not get victimized and uh, uh, we uh, the supervisors and all the officers uh, who be, uh, victimize us because we raise our voices so they should not victimize us and we should not be penalized for being part of a movement which raises our demands so basically these were the demands but these were immediate demands what the movement uh, in the long term is demanding is that anganwadi workers as well as helpers they should come under the definition of worker permanent employee of government of india and respective state government as well as they should get minimum wages which is being uh, uh, revised as well as which, which is being fixed by the central as well as state government so the long term demand is that we should get regular jobs and we should come under the uh, grades that have been fixed by the respective government so let's um let's put some of that into context especially for listeners that don't really understand the situation in in India so the first question okay. is how many of these workers are there and can we try and quantify a little bit the amount of work that they do for an honorarium not wages yeah uh, as far as delhi is concerned uh, there are around 11000 workers and 11000 helpers so that makes it 22000 workers as well as helpers but as far as india is concerned i i guess the figure runs in several lakhs and there are millions of anganwadi workers as well as helpers uh, probably around uh, uh, 20 lakh or 20 to 25 lakh yeah uh, that would be the i guess approximate figure the work they do is not clearly defined but uh, as far as the law is concerned as, uh, there are the law says that they should work for only 4 hours that is from 9 in the morning to 1 uh, in the afternoon that is the uh, permissible time limit but across india they are asked to work for around 6 to 7 hours and for those hours uh, they are not paid any honorarium 
So basically the Indian government has worked out a way to get people to provide all of this free community service so that they don't have to pay for it. Yeah, precisely, precisely. They're getting this precisely free of any cost and in the name of doing social service, in the name of countering poverty, malnourishment, uh, they are basically they are exploiting and also government is trying to cut uh, uh, cut down its expenditure because if they are paid on regular basis and they are paid on regular roles of government, then government would have to definitely open new health centers, education centers, regularize this entire department. So this ICDS program, Integrated Child Development Services program, it's not a ministry, it's just a scheme launched by the central government. And uh, what government uh, should have done was to make it into a full-fledged ministry, but they are not doing that. And also, uh, they are cutting down their expenditure by, you know, uh, giving such grand names like, you know, doing social service, community work, and uh, the joining letters with which these workers are made to sign, uh, they're actually illegal documents because they say that you are voluntarily working for the betterment of your own community and your services can be terminated at any point of time and you won't be given any notice and you can't appeal in any court of law so this entire thing is unconstitutional, illegal, and government is doing it quite uh, shamefully. And can you tell me a little bit about the communities, the mothers and the children that the Angambadi workers are helping or servicing? Uh, most of the households are uh, very poor and also uh, economically backward uh, socially uh, downtrodden communities, which also include uh, uh, scheduled castes, scheduled tribes. Uh, uh, as far as urban centers like Delhi and Mumbai are concerned, so most of the Anganwadi centers run in slums, underdeveloped areas of the uh, otherwise uh, developed, so-called uh, developed cities. So the mothers and uh, children and infants, they're 99% of the times they are from economically backward uh, communities. Also, there are some, pro uh, I guess, very uh, less of the programs are run in middle class neighborhoods. Uh, and nobody come to, the, uh, to those centers because the food that is served there by NGOs, uh, which get contracts from the government to provide food nourishment. So the food is so substandard that no, you know, middle class individual or family would send their uh, children or mothers to those centers, to these Anganwari centers. So basically, the uh, centers are run in economically backward areas, and in urban centers, uh, most of the slum clusters and industrial. Uh, areas, they fall within this purview.
And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. I'm speaking here with Shivani Kool from Bigul Mastur Dasta about the victory of the Anganbadi workers in Delhi. You mentioned that one of the demands related to identity cards. Can you say a little bit yeah. more about that? Yeah, because uh, these workers, they uh, they don't have any identity to prove that they work for the government of India. They have this joining letter, but there is no uh, reference to the date they have joined the services. There is no photo identity. There are some states who have given identity cards and not because the government was being benevolent, but because of the workers' struggles themselves. So they have uh, compelled the government to uh, give these identity cards so that at least this identity can be established that we work for the government under so-and-so scheme and uh, we work under this project. And then because if this identity is established, they can also get several other uh, facilities, benefits, which government is running, but nobody gets those benefits because it's very difficult to prove that you are an Anganwadi worker or you are an Anganwadi helper. So these benefits like insurance policies and uh, uh, in some states there are also, you know, pension schemes for the workers who have while work for the for under the scheme so they generally don't get those benefits because they don't have any proof or uh, identification to claim the benefits which they can otherwise get under under this program so at some point these workers had to have gotten organized in order to win such a major campaign and struggle as this one that we've just seen but you've also described that many of these workers come directly from the communities that they're servicing so that I'm I imagine they're disenfranchised they're very disconnected how did they become organized to start this fight Uh, this time there uh, there was this spontaneous demand among the workers because I can only give account of the present time. Uh, it started spontaneously, but then, uh, for example, our group, it intervened in the movement, and then there was this, uh, during the process of the movement, a union got fo- formed, and we uh, constituted Delhi State Anganwadi Workers and Helpers Union. So it was only during the process of the struggle that the union took shape. But it's not that otherwise there are not unions. There are. Most of the uh, unions that work um, uh, amongst the Anganwadi workers are affiliated to Central Trade Union Federation. And the biggest Central Trade Union Federation, which uh, uh, right now works in India, is All India Federation of Anganwadi Workers and Helpers. It's a, it's a federation which is affiliated to a central trade union, C2, which is otherwise the um, central trade union of CPM, Communist Party uh, of, of India, Marxist. And uh, 
what they have done time and again is that they they have always contained these struggles uh to a very legalistic framework because this they've been raising since 92 and uh, the union which is raising this demand uh, and the party to which it was affiliated had successive governments in west bengal as well as well as in kerala uh, the indian states where uh, their governments was uh, were functioning but during the entire reign of these governments no action was taken to regularize these workers no action was taken to uh, give them minimum wages to give all the benefits that they are demanding otherwise so i think uh, these uh, federations and central trade unions which are affiliated to one or other electoral parties they have tried to contain restrict the struggle uh, within a very uh, you can call uh, legal uh, framework and also you know at this time also the workers and helpers they first approached the c2 affiliated trade union but they refused to intervene and they said that you know this demand can't be fulfilled at the level of your state only we are organizing a country wide agitation on certain such state why don't you start your movement so the workers themselves asked the question that you know uh, uh, because we are facing these problems since uh, for such a long time and we are not getting our uh, honorarium for like 9 months and this is the time that you can start a movement and you can make other uh, anganwadi workers from other states to join our struggle but they flatly refused and uh, the workers were left on their own and then this uh, union which they uh, consequently uh, formed it came into shape but uh, most of the uh, otherwise uh, unions that are functioning among these uh, anganwadi workers and helpers they are affiliated to electoral parties which are uh, framing all the policies that are affecting their getting being you know regularized and uh, there are the demands so one of the actions one of the um strategies that the workers used to win the dispute included going on yes. a hunger strike um what else yes, yes. what what were the other strategies tell me how the dispute um played out uh, uh we came out uh, with uh, uh posters pamphlets in support of the struggling workers also we came out with an appeal to the common citizens of delhi uh, and we ran intensive campaigns in buses in in uh, in localities from these workers were coming uh, at also at our uh, demonstration sit in uh, uh, location we were distributing pamphlets we were uh, pasting these posters across the city so that common citizens also come to know about the plight of the workers and also this hunger strike was uh, being uh, carried out uh, meanwhile so there were these strategies that we were employing it uh, we also came out with an appeal to uh, assist and to support our uh, struggle financially so that you know other progressive individuals and 
organizations can also support us in those towns. And how long were they on hunger strike for ultimately? Uh, Five days of relay hunger strike and then seven days of indefinite hunger strike. And uh, yesterday was the eighth day, uh, but (laughs) then uh, the victory came, so we broke the hunger strike yesterday. Um, uh, An amazing, amazing effort um, to, to... Actually, win the dispute. There was there was an occasion where there was um, some police violence and brutality. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, uh, during the initial phase of our struggle, uh, when we were planning to organize a rally, uh, so uh, the police, the local police, Delhi police, it resorted to. Uh, you know, restricting the rally to happen and also resorted to some sort of violence. But then as the numbers grew and as our strength increased, the police also, uh, you know, it, it, it was made to realize that, you know, no force can stop our struggle. So initially, yeah, there, there was uh, resistance and also resortment to to violence uh, by the local police. So can you tell me a little bit about the details of the victory? What what were the demands that were won? Uh, almost all, all our immediate demands were won. Uh, the major demand was that uh, the honorarium for all the eight to nine months uh, that had not been paid to these workers and helpers it should be paid immediately. Uh, the government relented to that. It bowed down to our demand. And also, uh, there was an increment uh, of 1,000 rupees for workers and 500 rupees for helpers. Uh, the demand of uh, getting I-cards uh, to, the, uh, to all workers, it was also met. Uh, there was this demand that... Um, uh, uh, the workers should be paid remuneration for the period in which uh, the government and the program officers are asking them to work overtime. So they should also get benefits for those periods. The benefits of insurance should also be implemented. This demand was also met. And the last demand was that no uh, workers who have uh, participated in this struggle should be penalized. And that demand was also met. So the the government uh, gave us a written assurance that all these demands will be fulfilled immediately. And uh, yesterday we we broke our hunger strike, and then we uh, we took out a victory march uh, from our demonstration point. That is the civil lines, which was the CM's residence as well as office. And uh, the march was uh, till uh, Vidhan Sabha, which is the local assembly. Shivani, I can hear the strain in your voice. You must have been yelling in a megaphone to big, big (laughs) crowds of people for many, many days, keeping people motivated. So congratulations. Thank you so much again. And I guess most of our uh, comrades have that close now but then it's it's sweet pain after a long hard won struggle so 
I think it's worth it. That was Shivani Kul from Bigul Mazdur Dasta about the victory of the Yangon Bardi workers in Delhi. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to listen to the podcasts of this show or any other previous shows of Accent of Women, you can download our podcasts. Go to www.3cr.org.au. That's the digit three, not spelt out in letters. Follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm Giselle Hanna, and I look forward to your company again next week. Thank you.